Welcome, Australia. It's that time again for another podcast from the Mate Team, where we try and get into your head with stuff that makes us sound smart. Sit back and relax. It's time for us to be mates. G'day, Australia. We're back for another episode of the Let's Be Mates podcast. Bosco, how are you going today? Good, Faz. Good. Good. Awesome. And I'm your host, Faz. Um, in the studio today, we haven't got Dom. You know, congratulations to Dom. Him and his wife gave birth to their second boy last week, uh, Xavier Samuel O'Brien. So um, congratulations to them. And they're getting used to having two kids, uh, which is awesome. In today's episode, we are talking with Craig Hutchinson. Conrad Marshall from the Sydney Morning Herald summarized Craig as Craig Hutchinson, or Hutchie as he's known, is chief executive and majority shareholder of the Sports Entertainment Network, a company he created 15 years ago as a tiny PR agency named Croc Media. Later, Croc Media morphed into a prolific creator of syndicated sports radio content and is now a Byzantium beast that owns and operates 21 radio stations across Australia with broadcast rights to the AFL, NRL, soccer, cricket, basketball and more. With about $70 million in annual revenue, it has turned this country boy and university dropout into a millionaire media mogul. His portfolio is busily diversifying too, including into TV production, Rainmaker, and Talent, Bravo Management, Batik Events, Ballpark Entertainment, and Publishing, AFL Record. It also now inevitably owns part of a sporting team, National Basketball League Club Melbourne United. After more than a decade of incremental acquisitions and mergers, Hutchison has built a national sports media empire from scratch by stealth. Craig, welcome to the Let's Be Mates podcast. Thanks for jumping on board. Good to see you. Faz, my old mate, and it's great to be here. How are you, mate? Good, thank you. And we probably should call you Hachi, right? That's what that's what everybody calls you. That's probably the best way to. Is that the best way to call you? Even my stepson and my partner call me Hutch or Hutchie. Hutchie's 98% of the world. So, yeah, if you call me Craig, I think I'd be in trouble first. Well, hey, same with me. The only, the only people that call me Mark is my mum. So there you go, right? So in the same boat. And, uh, mate, look, thanks for joining us. Uh, you know, we love we love this podcast. We, you know, we give our listeners and, and our customers a bit of insight around, around the entrepreneurial world, you know, why we choose to do what we do and why we love what we do. But before we get into that, Let's let's start with learning a bit about you, Craig. So tell us about yourself. What are the uh, how do you describe yourself, and and what are the things you love to do outside of what you do in the world for, for work? That is. Well, I think my work, a bit like you, Faz and, and Roscoe, my work is my life, and my life is my work, and they yeah. kind of amalgamate in between. And somehow my clients have ended up my friends, and my Colleagues have ended up my friends, and it's sort of how it works after a while when you, I guess, a little bit wedded to your business. And you would know that having built one of Australia's leading and most successful um, self started internet and telecommunications businesses in Mate, which has been one of the great success stories uh, in recent times. So for me, I'm, I'm pretty, that's a pretty simple guy. I love to have a crack. I'm, um, I'm completely flawed. Got a million things that um, can polarise people from time to time, but I, I try and have a go and I try and work uh, as hard as I can um, and don't feel like I can probably get there on working a standard day. So, and, I, and I'm probably a little bit more prone to take a, a risk than the average the average person. So that, that's kind of uh, me, but really I'm only a small part of 
us and our business is full of now really talented, our sports entertainment network business full of really talented credential people who are much smarter than me, much more creative um, and much more um, have, a, have a deeper vision. And when you can get to a point that you've got to where you can perhaps get really talented people around you, the world gets a little bit a little bit easier. So I'm fortunate in that in that respect, Faz. Well, you know, I really resonate with that because you, 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 as a manager and a, as a business owner, we, we or I do anyway, we hire people better than us, right? And that's how our business succeeds. We we go and find the talent, the right talent, the, uh, you know, with the right ambitions, the right attitude and and the right self-motivation to get things done. And, you know, and some people told me, do you hire people like yourself? I said, no, no way. I'll hire people better than myself because that's the way the business is going to grow and succeed and go forward. And, you know, let, let's start with SCN in a little bit. I mean, can you give us a our viewers who may not know the full the story of SEN, but what is the what is SEN, the mission of the business and what you're trying to achieve for Aussies? Yeah, so Sports Entertainment Network in Australia and now New Zealand uh, tries to do two things every day, to enrich the lives of a sports fan every day, be an emotional point of connection to them, and to connect great brands like Mate to those fans. And so we serve a dual purpose. We try and serve, first and foremost, our listeners and our consumers. And then secondly, um, to try and connect our brand partners to them on scale in a parochial manner, tapping into the emotion of sport. Uh, we all love sport. Well, not, all, not everybody. Let's, yep. let's, let's reel that back a little bit. Not everyone loves sport. but the 99% of people, right? The, the bulk of the Australian population uh, and New Zealand population love sport. And even if you don't love sport, it can still symbolise something different for you. It's a way to emotionally connect with your family or your friends or your next-door neighbour or your own customers or your own uh, stakeholders. Because even if you don't love sport, chances are someone you rely upon each day in your profession uh, does love it. It's escapism, it's uh, pageantry, it's theatre of the mind, and it's a great product to be in. We've set out to be in as many verticals of sport as we can. Radio is our biggest vertical, so radio and I guess by extension digital should become one and the same. Uh, we, we do business in every town of Australia, be it metro or regional. We've got a full country distribution, which took us 15 years to build. Um, we supply over 200 frequencies of content in the radio space. And more recently, we started buying stations as well as supplying them. So we're at 21 stations now and growing in Australia, and we'll get that to closer to 30 by by the middle of the year. We're about to go into New Zealand and launch SENZ as a brand and another 30 stations in New Zealand. But we're not just radio. We've got a big digital business. We're nine of the top 100 podcasts in Australia. We've got a television production services business called Rainmaker. We've got a big event business called Ballpark, which creates money can't buy experiences and everything from Super Bowl tours to boardroom lunches and everything in between. We've got a publishing business, the AFL Record. We've got a basketball team we have a share in. We've got, um, we own rights in 15 tier two sports. We own audio rights in 16 or 17 sports. And all of those things really do the same thing. Try and, and you know make a fan's sport experience better each day whether it be in radio, television, stadia, digital, print, event, activation or otherwise. I've got a couple of talent management businesses too. Uh, or we uh, connect a brand or a fan through those those environments. And so sports our fairway. Um, fan, uh, listeners, viewers uh, and consumers connect very emotively to sport. And that is a great area for brands to tap into that fanaticism of the sporting sphere and that's 
kind of a bit of a long way of saying we're in the sport game. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, mate, we, we really resonate with that. You know, at, mate, we've chosen sport as the, I guess, the 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 theme of our of our brand, and because we know that competitive, everybody's got competitive spirit in them, right? And you know, what's the biggest way? What's the biggest way to bring out competitive spirit? It's through sport. And and what's the biggest thing that we want is we want fans as customers because fans stay longer, fans you know are more loyal, and we're the biggest fans. The fans are in sport, right? And so. We love the vision you've got for SCN and that's why we love to be involved. Well, I, I love what you've been able to do with the brand. You've been able to connect to consumers you know, through um, really key parts of Australia using in part sport as a means to do it. Uh, you've done a great job connecting in communities yourself. And I think that's the other thing about sport is it's a part of every community and it looks different in each community. You know, we, we try and be part of every town we do business in, in one way, shape or form. You've been able to do that on a big scale with your ambassadors there that I'm looking over their shoulders at the moment in Sam County, <laughs> but also you've been able to do it in a granular level in towns like Gosford and the way you've been able to be, you know, get grassroots and be an advocate for sport and support. And so oh, that's the thing I love about sport is it's, it's, it's the thing that makes your heart swell each week. Yeah. If you're escapism, if you're a parent, you connect in so many ways to taking your kids to sport on Sunday. They might only get one kick, but it's the most magic party a week. Yeah, sure. That's what uh, sport can do. Um, and you know, I was just reflecting that this morning, Faz. I took my 11-year-old stepson for a little jog this morning. I know I'm not the sort of guy that runs too often, as you can probably tell down the <laughs> Zoom call. But uh, we, we ran around the MCG. It was, was shut at 6 o'clock this morning. <laughs> He, we ran past all the statues and the legends and he was just, I could see him just visualising one day being inside and um, being part of it. And that's what it does. It's, it's, um, it's that ability to connect through family and aspiration and uh, we, we all love sport. Oh, absolutely. I mean, for us, it allows us to make this business mean more, right? We've got this grassroots program that we're doing at the moment where we're investing in grassroots clubs, whether it be football, rugby league, etc. And we're giving a little, but it means a lot to them. And it just, it just means more. And it's not just about, our business is not just about selling internet and mobile. It's, it's, it's way beyond that. And that's what I love, what, why we do what we do, which is awesome. Well, I think the great thing with sport and make have got in common is its connection in its purest form. Mm. You know, sport is an emotive connection piece. Maine is providing pure connections to Australian consumers every day. It's helping them stay connected, and that's what sport does in its, its genre. So you've got a lot in common with sport as a profession because you're helping people. You're really, in essence, doing what we do, trying to make people, trying to risk the lives of all fans every day. Absolutely. Uh, so Hachi, Mate has what we feel is a very relatable story for entrepreneurs who have the ambition and motivation to see their business idea become a reality. Um, so your story around how you started SEN and what you've achieved is something that everyone should hear and is something that really resonates with us. Um, so just give us a little bit about your journey, how you started the business and you know how you got to where it is today, basically. Well, yeah, I mean, I was a, a television journalist till the age of 30. I was spent... Uh, burnt out and had probably gone a bit hard at it and been a bit of crash or crash through. So for me, you know, I'm very fortunate to have done that because it helped me build in the southern markets at least a, at least a semblance of a profile that I could take into the next period of my life. But um, and it helped me understand footy and sport. But in in essence, uh, I didn't get going till I was 30. I'm not trained as a businessman. I'm not. 
you know, we have 70 sales staff here and all of them are better trained than me because they've all worked somewhere else in sales. <laughs> here where I haven't worked anywhere else in sales other than being self-taught. Um, it started out with me and a friend of mine in Los Angeles called James Swanick. Two of us were shooting basketballs in his backyard in Los Angeles and both realised we were 30-year-old journalists who were sick of what we were doing but didn't know what to do next. And so we just literally got started. We got up the next morning, decided we were a company and um, began to try and get into different media fields other than journalism to make a living. Um, we weren't super successful in the first year or so or two. We, our first product was PR and we and our second product was television distribution and neither of them were were um, hits by any means. We're ironically going back into some of those things now, but we were, we were pretty rough around the edges early. And then our third product was radio uh, syndication. And we identified early that there was a gap in regional Australia in particular because they'd never had any content made for them. Um, we took the risk on that content. We often paid and still do pay for the hours to distribute our content and then took our chances among advertisers. Um, and we, were, we worked really hard, we were near death in from a business sense two or three times along the journey like many entrepreneurs would relate to. Um, they, but you've just got to will yourself through the next challenge and to the next level as you guys have done so brilliantly in your journey and I'm hats off to, to, to what you've been able to achieve uh, as a business. That's the reason I'm here, I admire it so much. Um, and then you know, one staff became two, saved a bit of money to become three. Um, the rest is history, right? We got to um, a point where we were um, we were supplying pretty much every market in Australia, and then we had an opportunity to merge with the old Pacific Star Network business, which owned the 1116 SEN station in Melbourne, of which we were the biggest supplier. We kind of reverse engineered that merger and turned public two and a half years ago. So it took us 12 years to own our first radio station, um, another year to own the second, and now we've got to kind of mid-20s um, in a couple of years after. But it, there's no shortcut. Um, any, any entrepreneurs listening at the moment would, would reflect on the fact that it's a bit of a cliche, the harder you work, the luckier you get, and you know, rain wasn't built in the day and all those things that you hear and see, but it is true. If, if you are an entrepreneur in this country or anywhere, you're going to have bad days, you're going to have things go wrong, and it's actually about how you handle the bad times that makes you in the end. I don't for a minute think that we've got there. We're still a small cap, you know, we're still a $70 million public listed company um, with aspirations to be, you know, four or five times that. Um, but what I, what I do know is that there's going to be as many bad days as good and you've got, actually got to deal with those um, things as best you can within your means. And you've got to play the long game. You can't take a shortcut on people or culture or any of those areas because ultimately that's that's what you've got. Yeah, hundred hundred percent agree, Hachi. And it's you know one of the questions I get asked a lot is that did you take the approach, Faz, of build it and hope they come? I said no way. I said we 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 had to wait for them to come before we could build it. Right. So in the beginning, we need to get that revenue in the door so we could build it. And sure, now we're we're building some stuff and 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 we're having a calculated risk because we know they're going to come from a certain area. But in the beginning, you sort of you sort of really need to hope they come and roll up your sleeves and do every part of the business to hope you bring in the in what. You need to make sure you can build the, the things for to drive your business in the future. Would you say that, that that's how you did it as well? No question. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got to bite off more than you can chew and chew like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and you've ultimately as an entrepreneur got to be able to, be able to do. I mean, I'm probably really poor at nearly every job in this business, <laughs> but I reckon I've done every job in this business at yeah. least for a day, if not a week or a month, in our build. And you can't, I don't believe, forget um, that's like I'm not a big believer in mass structures and hierarchy and all the things that you, re- you read about in business books, which I'm sure are probably the right way to do things. I'm a believer in just <laughs> sleeves up, everyone's in it together. How do we get today done? What's tomorrow look like? Um, and, and how do you be hands-on? And I, I know that there's a lot of debate in, in macro versus micro and those sort of things, but, and people might say I'm a bit micro, but I, I just I just have a lens on what makes mm. me sleep best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like if I know the problem, I'll sleep a bit better. If I don't know it and then I can't solve it, then I so that's that's kind of the approach I've tried to take along the way first. That's right. You know, like for this week, uh, I've come from um, going to an event to present and pull and pulling up a pull up banner to doing an interview um, with one of the the customer service magazines. Now to do a podcast with you, so it's never a dull day. It's uh, it's freaking awesome. I gotta say, yeah, so, yeah, good today. yeah, can't complain. What else would you want to be doing? And then you live and die by your own efforts, right? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, you it's self to blame if it doesn't work, and you got yourself to give a subtle pat on the back to if you have a good day, and it's. Great. But I think that, that culture breeds for the business, right? Like, I mean, people and senior manager, owners of businesses, if they're the ones, you know, as an example, pulling up the pull-up banners and those guys know, well, shit, that, 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 that owner of the business or that, that, that executive manager, he, he, he really gives a shit about everybody and everything and he doesn't care about who he is or what he does. He just wants to make sure the business succeeds. And that, that I think that just breeds through and through. And we see that with the people we deal with your business too, Hachi. So you obviously created a great, a great culture there for everybody. I think it's one of those things you've got to work on, right? Like I, yeah. Like I, I borrow from other people's cultures and try and replicate them and we're not there yet. But it, it is, you know, I went to a, a funeral estate phase with mm. Roscoe with one of the most prominent Victorians, uh, the late Frank Costa, OAM, who sadly passed King of Geelong. Uh, it was a state funeral funded by the state government, um, very influential Victorian. And the things that uh, were spoken about at his funeral were the things that you just hope one day in business that, you know, he went through, um, his, his family spoke about how he nearly lost his business in 1969 when he bit off too much and felt too big and the banks closed in and talked about how his word was his bond, you know, his values, a handshake, if he shook his hand and he said this would happen, that's what happened and it didn't matter what paperwork or contract supported, he just knew his hand was his, was his word. He looked after his family first, his family first and business second, close second. Um, he found, he sat on, you know, he was patron of 36 organisations in Geelong. He was late for every meeting because he can contribute to everyone's life. Um, and he left a legacy, you know, and and he had things in his culture, his business, like um, they had 52 um, users of business, which is a lot, and one a week. And each week they'd celebrate that culture. And it was, I just... Um, was reflecting on tonight like there's lots of things in the funeral that you thought gee um, this is one of the most successful businessmen Victoria's ever produced as a state and these are the types of things and his values that they were talking about at his funeral and it reminds you what you want to be one day you, know, you would, would want to be in 30, 40, 50, 60 hopefully 70 years from now people talking at your funeral and say you had that type of integrity um, and that's what you don't you don't have to be a bad person to be an entrepreneur. You can be, you can do things the right way with the right values, um, and be people first. And I'm far from 
perfect in that regard, a work in progress, but I it really connected with me that funeral and um, it's interesting, isn't it? Like you yeah. want, how you want to be remembered as a business person. You do, it is. And um, yeah, absolutely right. It's something to really reflect and I always think to myself, what, what are people going to say at the end of this business about what I did and how I did it? And, um, you know, I hope for the best and all I can go in and say that, you know, I did my best and I lived, the, I lived and did things the way I felt were the right way and I've got to be proud of that, right? So, but... Um, and you're doing that. Look at the story that yeah. all of you know, have been able to build and achieve. And, yeah. Oh. You're, you're really um, doubling down on making this brand come to life the way you are and I, you know, I really admire it. Oh, I appreciate that, Hutchie. And, you know, that comes into our next question is that, you know, all businesses start with an initial purpose, which is to solve a problem or fill a gap, right? Yeah. So as life goes on, technology is invented, the market changes and reasons why your business was created in the first place is not as relevant anymore. So as a business owner, you either, you need to change, you adapt or you die. At Mate, we need to constantly change with the market dynamics daily to ensure that we are offering the right value for consumers, which enable us to stay relevant in a highly competitive market. With SEN, you diversified your business into a number of avenues, buying radio stations in Australia and New Zealand, TV production, talent management, events, publishing, and even owning part of a basketball team. Tell us a bit about your approach here and how plus why you have decided to add these elements to your business. Uh, I would think in simple terms, we aspire to be we aspire to be a national business and now we've got a second country, so um, that's small um, populous of two countries, but that's uh, an area of Australia, New Zealand, where we want to be socially relevant in all of those towns. Um, you need to have scale in anything you do. You need to be able to uh, speak to as many people as you can, as often as you can, in the relevant way. You need to be able to solve uh, national solutions for brands. Media is fragmenting, and so you need to be, I feel, in our business, we need to be part of all of those solutions because ultimately we're just trying to solve a problem. And the more ways we can do that, the, the better chance we've got of solving it for a brand. And even if we can't solve it under our roof uh, or our assets, we will often go outside it and find the solution for it anyway and try and provide that for the customer or the partner. So for us, it was about having different uh, platforms to communicate to and on. Uh, and to leverage our brand partners um, and their aspirations into those environments. Because sport fans consume content all over the place, so we've got to be in all those environments they do. You know, if you think about a sports fan driving to a ground on a weekend, you know, we you want them listening to our radio station on the way, they change stations when they get closer, but we've got on on the next station as well because we're syndicating content. Yeah. They pull up, they might consume um, our publishing business or our print magazine on the way into the ground. They take a seat that we provided for them. They watch a big screen show that we make for them. They listen to our call during the day. They go home, they repeat that process in reverse. They watch a television show at the end of the night that we made and we've kind of been their sporting companion for the day. Watched our, you know, listen to a podcast or watched our content on, on mobile um, you know, with the wonderful resources of made internet powering our world. Um, you know, we want to be all, we want to be connecting to sports fans everywhere they are. Um, and so that's, that's kind of been our bid to diversify because, in essence, they have. And to your great question, Faz, like um, consumers are going to make their own choices. It's up to us to be part of those environments, not to tell them to come to ours. Yep. you got to go where the fans are, right? Uh, yeah, 100%. 
and it's it's interesting like we, we we in our business we're looking at so many different avenues uh, the way our business can go and none of them none of them include internet or mobile right because we built a brand that people are fans about they feel like they have a connection to us and they're they're looking for more and and we want to give them more and I, and I see that with what you did right you started somewhere you gave fans something and they wanted more right and then you found that and you and you delivered that and 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 which is fantastic and I, I see so many synergies in that sense and such a such a good way to do it and how you think about is is fantastic and you know I, I would love to get into all those different places like like SEN does because I think we've got the the, the passion and the power to do it so you know watch this space everybody uh, I don't yeah. really doubt I would never ever doubt you Fats <laughs> well thanks mate <laughs> uh, Hachi you're a personality that is well known in the sports industry and you have a strong voice that gets attention at Mate we see personality as a key driver for consumers choosing us for example Sam Kerr and Matty Ryan how important do you see a business or a brand having someone with a voice to represent them? Uh, it's, in, it's, uh, it's essential. And, yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in um, yeah, having advocates drive your business. In, in our world, we've been fortunate to hire, I guess, big-name men and women sporting entities to do that really to our listeners to our, on behalf of our brands and, I guess, by extension, on our behalf. We've tried to do that in every part of the country differently, Roscoe. You look at our investment in Adam Gilchrist in Western Australia and his program and programs and involvement in our world. Look at Kane Corns in Adelaide. You look at Daisy Pierce, who's just a remarkable female athlete nationally. You look at, uh, we announced Cameron Smith today, yeah, our Queensland presence, and to connect more deeply with Queenslanders because he's probably their most favourite ever son or daughter. Uh, you look at Matty Johns in Sydney and Andrew Voss and you look at you know, Waitley and Gary Lyon and Tim Watson and McCullum in New Zealand and, you know, we, we believe, um, and they're all characters in their own right. They're all, and I, I don't know about you, Roscoe and, and Faz, but I look for two things. They've got to be a character or of character or both. Yeah. Yep. Um, and um, if you are... You know, it, it's more important to be off character than a character, but it's great if you're both. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and especially if they're talented people as well. I mean, like if we look at, you know, we, we chose Matty Ryan, Sam Kerr, mainly because they they probably uh, fitted the 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 I guess the um what's the vision of our business, right? Yeah, sure, we're football fanatics, and you know we've always been football fans, but um they they're both the captain of their countries. We're trying to be a mate, a, a Australian based business that makes a difference. They um you know they're both at the, the top of their game in what they do, and and I think having a, a representation or visual representation like that just takes your brand to the next level right and i think uh, if you look at your your bravo management i'm sure you've got a lot of people in that in that list of of, of a group that you have there to that can easily represent businesses and i think it's just so powerful right remember, remember, you know when you, when you see a brand there's a couple brands out there i'm probably going to drop a, a competitor's name here but there's a brand called felix you know they've got no vision no 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 identity right we've made people recognize us because we're you know we've got people representing us that that mean something to the people that are buying our product. And that, I think that's the connection that, that, that comes nice and easy with talent representing your brand. No, no, no question about that. Yeah. Look, Hachi, look, I mean, I think we've had we've had a great conversation. You've told us a lot about your business and how you go about it. We we love your entrepreneurial flair. I think you're, you've done some great things, especially for the sports fans. Um, we love your story. We love the, the business that you've 
you've got we love the people that we work with at your business and we just think it really resonates with who we are and look mate uh, i think lastly for our listeners where where is the best place they should go to experience the world of sen uh, the easiest way is to download our sen app and you can connect in the state you live in in the content and the way that you we think you might choose but you can always tell us differently and choose a different way to connect to consume our content, simply click on the settings on the ESCN app and you can choose your own experience. Um, or you can listen to us in basically every uh, market of Australia, be it metro or regional, on your local radio station. But uh, um, download the ESCN app and um, you can be part of our, our world. And it's all powered, of course, uh, by our friends at Mate. Choose an internet provider you can trust like a mate. She's mate. Oh, you've got it down, Pat. Thanks, Archie. Look, really appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. And, mate, we'll, we'll get you back on in the, in the near future. Thanks again, gentlemen. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Let's Be Mates podcast by the team at Mate. Search for the Let's Be Mates podcast on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and at letsbemates.com.au. Hit subscribe to get the latest episode each week. For all your telco needs, choose a provider you can trust like a mate. Visit letsbemates.com.au, Google Mate, or call us on 13 14 13 to sign up today. See you soon, mate.